Oh my god, Victoria. We're finally back. Oh my god. Oh my god. Another season of Harry Potter Minute. When we're talking about Chamber of Secrets. And there's so much to talk about. I'm so excited for this. Really though, we do have a lot we, we do have a lot of things to talk about. I am excited to talk about stuff like Gilderoy Lockhart. No, I know we're gonna talk about Gilderoy Lockhart a lot. A lot. There's so much because he's a the lot. five is it the the five time winner of Witches Weekly's most charming smile. Most charming smile. Most charming smile. He's probably not qualified for his position. Probably Probably? Not. Nah, I don't uh, think so. Something fishy about that guy. <laughs> Something fishy. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, oh my god, we get to go to the burrow for the first time? That's fun. That is I fun. I love the burrow. Me too. I think the burrow feels so cozy. They're the most, like, kind of traditional family. We get to meet Dobby. We get new characters. We get Dobby this year. We did get a few new characters. Well, more new and then elaborated on characters. Because I gotcha. believe... I believe Ginny will now show up in the picture. Yeah, Ginny has a bigger role to play. We only saw her briefly in the first one. More Ginny. And the introduction of Dobby, and of course, the introduction of Gilderoy Lockhart, which we already <gasps> mentioned. Literally, the week after the introduction of Gilderoy Lockhart is the introduction of Lucius Malfoy. Right? Oh, he's a he's a character. He is a character. He's, he's extra. So extra. Uh, after the burrow, we get to see the Harry and Ron steal a flying car. And don't we all just want to want to fly a flying car? I would love to fly. I would be really scared to fly a flying car, actually. That poor car. I mean, it, you know, they run it right into a tree. Yes, we get to meet the Whomping Willow. If Not you wanna, just any tree. Not just any tree. Yeah. You want to say meat. I mean, it's, I guess that's going to be on a... Is it, it's, it is sentient. Oh my god, is it sentient? Well, well, save it. <laughs> that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. This is a big one, you guys. We're, we're going to open the Chamber of Secrets. Find us at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. Hello and welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we celebrate Rocky 2 on... We got to go back and do that one again. <laughs> what did you write, dude? It's like one... Where... Where we celebrate... The Rocky. daily podcast where what? We celebrate... <laughs> Where's we? (laughs) I write fast. One self-deprecating comma at a time. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we celebrate Rocky 2, one self-deprecating comment at a time. I am Jason. I'm Doug. And joining us again today is Jim O'Kane. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for coming back. It's a, it's a thrill. Yeah, yeah. Us as well. Us as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, we're going to knock out Minute 29, which begins with a yes and ends with a dumbbell. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, you could say every minute in this movie has a dumbbell in it. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. So it comes just, out of the... Oh, go ahead. You have something? Yeah, Adrian, something go ahead. Yeah, set, set, set up the situation. We'll talk, we'll talk about Adrian first. Go ahead. So Adrian walks out of the obstetrics and gynecology office of Dr. W. Borsara. And uh, she looks like she... At first, she plays like the you know the, the the regular face, like she's not happy, excited, and then her face turns into a smile, mm-hmm. and a yes. She's yes. playing off that like she didn't want to tip her hat when she walked yeah. out. She wanted to like play with him a little bit, yeah. playful old Adrian. 
Uh, you know, uh, post makeover Adrian since the first movie, ever and I'm gonna have to watch this in all the movies because it's and I may ruin I may ruin watching the movie, but with Adrian, it's uh, ever since she has the makeover, her hair is never not perfect. And <laughs> now she was just in an, uh, you know gyne- gynecological exam supposedly, and <laughs> rough go. Now did she stop off and have her, have a, have her hair blow dried and and combed out because it's all like look at the bangs on her. It's like she just walked out of a hair. You know maybe the Borsera might be a combination OBGYN hairdresser because she's just perfect. Yeah. yeah, it has some bounce to it. Yeah, you know, a little body. Yeah, yeah, not a single hair out of place. Yeah, it's like there is somebody standing behind the door with one of those big hair pick comb things, just carefully knocking it back down perfectly, and then she walks out. So we go back to to the first Rocky, and it was so like stringy. Yeah, and flat. Yeah, and now, man, look at look at the body on that on that hair. Well, we talk about the 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 complete. 360 Adrian has done from Adrian and Rocky. It'd be a 180. 180, yeah. 360 should be back with you. <laughs> the, tran- the transfiguration of Adrian. Talk about Adrian doing a 740. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talk about Adrian doing a complete 180 from the Adrian that we met in Rocky 1. And now she's like a completely different person. Looks wise, personality wise, the way she talks, the way she walks, the way she dresses now is completely different. But this is only a couple months. Right, so mm-hmm. she made this transition. Like this isn't like your normal sequel where where it takes place five, six years later or some period of time later, where she could have went through this major transition. This is this is months. No one makes a, a transition like this in a few months. That's a good point. Maybe she's always had it in her, Jay. She just needed somebody to bring it out. No, she's never had it. In okay. Her. Well, she's had uh, contact lenses or something too, and and going for the uh, thre- threading long before threading ever happened with those eyebrows. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So she just did that whole Why Miss Jones thing, at, like boom overnight, and now she's never going back. Well, maybe you know, like you watch these makeover shows. I mean, I don't watch them, but well, apparently you see, <laughs> and it's like the uh, you know the makeover automatically gives that person confidence yeah so you know maybe it starts there and everything else she's she still you still see some apprehension and shyness in her uh and awkwardness well, so they she, bring it back every once in a while excuse me um, they bring it back every once in a while which they're gonna do <laughs> professionals <laughs> yeah she's uh the other thing I, what i don't understand i mean i guess i'm assuming that the uh the single piano is is the default love theme to rocky but to me it always seems like the most tragic of of it's the most mournful piano you can find and it's like oh i'm so happy for you but it sounds like the music is like everything you say is a lie it just (laughs) it's so depressing and down and oh my gosh it's you know i don't know i just it's very it's very puzzling to me to use that sound it just seems like it's playing against the emotion that they're trying for yeah like there's some despair in the in the piano I what I do like about I like the subtlety of her walking out like it's not like uh you know him waiting honey we got to go to the doctor to find out if you're pregnant or not it's it's very subtle she walks out of an OBGYN office all he does is ask her yeah and she says yes so just from and from those little clues we find we know that she's pregnant I like he says he he gives her all the credit yo Adrian you did it he's such a he is yeah. he's a nice guy he's just yeah. a good loving guy uh, uh, this reminded me of, um, you know, when, when she comes out, Rock and and you know he, yeah, yeah, he's Rocky. So 
so excited. You know, Adrian, you did it. I knew you had it in you. Like, he's just so happy. He's so excited. He's giving her all the credit. Um, it reminds me of when we got pregnant, me and my wife. <laughs> Not me and you. <laughs> and, um, we had suspected that clear. she was pregnant. Um, she was having some symptoms of pregnancy, but we went to and bought the pregnancy tests, the home ones. Mm-hmm. And um, we took one. Well, we took like five pregnancy tests because I was convinced that they were all wrong. <laughs> so she she took she took like I remember one night before we went to bed she took one, and she says it you know it's positive, and my reaction was something like oh those things are wrong a lot. They say you're supposed to take it I think first thing in the morning. That's what the instructions say, and it was nighttime, so I was like, "Don't, you know, don't go by that one. Take it first thing in the morning, the way you're supposed to do it, and we'll see." So she woke up that morning, and she was getting ready for work, and I was still in bed. And she went, she took the other one, and she came out of the bathroom, and she said, "I'm, I'm pregnant." And I reached out to shake her hand, like a handshake. <laughs> you were still in bed. I was still sleeping. Like, Good I job. Just woke up. <laughs> so, like, I reached her arm out and I said, "Congratulations!" <laughs> and she shook my hand. <laughs> It's like the Transcontinental Railroad, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, my reaction was so much different. And then even though I gave her a proper congratulations, where I shook her hand and said congratulations, and she went back and, and got ready and went to work. When she came home from work, I had gone out and bought another pack and made her take more. <laughs> Here, pee on this, yeah. <laughs> Did you give her a proper, proper uh, greeting after that one? No, no. <laughs> but we, I think we took like four or five... <laughs> Before we, you know, went off to the doctor eventually. Oh man, yeah, the test finally comes back still pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't buy any more of these dummies. <laughs> Get the Costco, but you know the, the, the dozen pack wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, so my reaction was much different than Rocky's. Yeah, Rocky's happy. Yeah, he Good knew something him. special was going to happen, but he wasn't sure what. Does his book say anything about when he found out Adrian was pregnant? Yeah, you know what. Uh, surprisingly, it's very short and pretty much just the same as this, and that's that. Nothing mm-hmm. further. Okay. <laughs> Three pages, I'm bouncing the handball, and then, oh, by the way, she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but Rocky's, like, in his own way, you know, the consummate gentleman. Like, mm-hmm. he finds she's pregnant, and he's giving her all the credit. Like, you did it. I knew you had it in you. Like, just putting everything on her. Like, you did it. This has nothing to do with me. You're the one that made this all wonderful, wonderful thing happen. Very nice. Very nice of him. Wow, and he gets, uh, and he gets to do all the. Cl- I mean, the, the following scene and most of the the rest of the minute, he gets to do the thing. Well, what if it's a boy? What if it's a girl? Which is a staple of every she's having a baby movie. <laughs> it's all, all the tropes he runs through. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, there was a Tang commercial from long ago, just to tie in my <laughs> tie in my Apollo thirteen minute uh, show. Uh, there was a Tang commercial where uh, this guy find you know he's they're expecting and. He said, uh, someday, you know, maybe maybe our, our son will drink Tang on the moon. He'll be, he'll be an astronaut. And so the the wife keeps saying, well, it could be a girl. It could be a girl. And he said, no, he'll be an astronaut. And the wife said, she. And he goes, an astronaut? So uh, uh, that was so, big 60s Tang commercial. Yeah, wow. Why have times have changed? How times have changed? Um, I'd like to give you an insight into my own life um during this podcast and it's kind of funny how like when you first start out when you like like i said in this scene like rocky's you know telling her you did it asia you did it and i just like now my kids too and sometimes he's a real pain in the ass and <laughs> me and my wife are often arguing who, whose fault this is <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to have a baby 
Like, <laughs> this is your big idea, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, who did this? You know, like, who, you know, well, you did it. Well, you. Yeah. It went from, yeah, you did it, to you did this. <laughs> and the other thing is, in a couple of minutes, they're they're walking along and they're saying, like, you know, well, I hope he has your this and your this and I hope he has your this. And and when you have the baby, like, you you, you have that kind of thing. Like, you talk mm-hmm. to each other, like, oh, I hope he has your eyes. Oh, I hope he has your this. And, mm-hmm. and now it's just kind of like, you know, like he's he's throwing like temper tantrums and he's like and my wife's like he's so angry he's just like you just like <laughs> your temper and then like I'm like he's so stubborn he d- definitely got that from you <sighs> it all starts off wonderful that's um no but it's wonderful yeah, yeah. almost every day on this podcast Jim is like a therapy session for Jay <laughs> yes okay. it, it all it all calms down I, I I can tell you stop worrying about them um I've got a 35 year old and a 29 year old so they're I'm almost done worrying about them, so it's, it'll all go away after a while. So I'm, I'm hoping in their, when they're in their 40s, I can calm down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the level the level of stress, it it reduces, but the level of worry remains. I can't... Yes. my I was just I was having a conversation with my cousin a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about this. His He is going through... He's, he's raised his kid. He, you know, they went through the teenagers or whatever. And he said that the level of worry now that his kid just, just started driving... And he said the level of worry when the kids are driving is like no other. He said he's hit all time. He's always worried about you. He's worried about your kid your entire life. He's always worried about when your baby. You worry about SIDS when the next day. Every every like age that you worry about something different. But he said he had never worried about anything as bad as driving. He's like, yeah. it's like a whole new, because now they're out there, they're in this death machine, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're you don't know what they're doing, you don't know, like, it's just, he said, it's a whole new level, man. Uh, or, or not, not answering on the second, by the second ring, that's the one, I'm, you know, my, and my, my daughter actually answers the phone, I'm not dead in the ditch, that's, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> because by the second ring, she's, you know, she's dead in the ditch, I mean, who, who am I going to yeah. have to call, I'm going to have to call the state troopers and find out, could they go check on her, you know, maybe she's uh, laying behind the, behind the house somewhere in a pool of uh so anyway that's um, yeah it, it never ends just, just something to look forward to as they get older it's just it's just not going to change no this is funny though i want to interject something here because this is this is just happened yesterday to me when we're talking about if they don't answer in the second ring they're dead in a ditch so yesterday i was home my wife was on her way home bringing my son back from preschool mm-hmm. and they're in the car and whatever and i was home and she calls me right I'm sorry. She was she was at her mother's house at the preschool, so it's nighttime. She's driving home, so she calls me, and I had just come home and I was doing the dishes, so my phone wasn't near me. Mm-hmm. So finally, I go to my phone and I have five missed calls from my wife. So now I'm automatically <laughs> like, "Oh my god, what happened?" So I call her back, and she says to me, "You know, why didn't you answer the phone?" I said, "I was doing the dishes." She's like, "I was calling you for 20 minutes." She's like, "It doesn't take 20 minutes to do the dishes." She's like, "What if something happened? What if I got an accident? This and that." So <laughs> leave a message. <laughs> <laughs> But, but her, her her thing was, I've been calling you for 20 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But now, in this day and age, I can obviously look and see exactly how many times you called and what times they were. She called me five times, right? The calls were at 7.31, 7.33, two calls at 7.36, and 7.37. She called me for <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all ready for the cross-examination. You can just go back and say, <laughs> So she made five calls in five minutes. And like it was like the, at the end of the world. Like, how come I didn't answer the phone? Like, what if I was dead? What if we were dead in a ditch somewhere? <laughs> I've been calling you for twenty minutes, and I wrote and I wrote back to her. It was five minutes. And I, you called five times in five minutes, and her response was, "It felt like 20. <laughs> uh The end product of that is you're still wrong. Yeah. 
don't do the peel. <laughs> anyway, just don't get it <laughs> right. Uh, we're, oh, right. So we, we go to Rittenhouse Square. Yes. The classiest part, pretty much the classiest part of uh, Philadelphia, I think. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a there's a nicer place in, in Philadelphia. I mean, that's considered a more upscale place in Philadelphia. Yeah, this uh, is right. It's uh, in the area right near City Hall. Yeah. Which I, is that Center City? That's That's what that's called, right? Or old city? Yeah, pretty much. The city, it's city city center. The uh, it's where all the big the old restaurants are. You know the ones. Um, uh, I can't think. There's there used to be a place I'd go all the time that had uh, that had mussels. They'd have they'd serve you a bucket of mussels, and I think mm. it was Brunswick was the name of it. But it was a uh, fantastic. It's right off of Rittenhouse Square, and you could order like a big pail of these uh, garlic butter mussels and. You know, you, you eat them and then you feel guilty for the rest of the day, but they were really good. <laughs> but do you have you have any background on Rittenhouse Square? Yeah, Ritt- Rittenhouse Square was uh, named after a, a famous astronomer, American astronomer, David Rittenhouse, who was the he roughly lived in the same time period as uh, George Washington, seventeen thirty-two to ninety-six, and uh, he also was uh, a horologist, which is a. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we, not, we're like school like, children. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, wow. although it's popular, yeah, a couple of blocks north of there. But uh, <laughs> horo- horology was a big thing back then. The, the building and the maintaining and the improvement of clocks. And mm. uh, one thing everybody was chasing after at this time was an accurate clock because if you had an accurate clock, you could figure out when noon was on a cloudy day, um, oh, and you could also man. compare. You can compare noon. To uh, a known place where noon is, uh, you like you could carry the Greenwich Mean Time with you on a boat, and uh, figure out longitude based on the difference between where you saw local noon and what noon said on the clock. So, horology was really big from not only a scientific standpoint, but from a uh, a navigational and economic standpoint. So there was a big there was a big race in the 1700s to come up with a really accurate uh, shockproof clock, and he was one of those guys. And he did come up with a bunch of stuff, um, but he uh, uh, he also figured out uh, how to do uh, uh, surveying. He 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 came up with new types of um, what's the theodolites. He came up with a new a new way of surve- surveying, and his um, his surveys were so accurate that. The current border of uh, I read this before and I can't remember what oh uh, part of the uh, Maryland Pennsylvania boundary which wasn't uh, that's uh, that's part of Mason Dixon stuff but part of his uh, surveys were so accurate they were accepted as as some of the borders of uh, of uh, Pennsylvania so he's wow. he was a big deal he he helped actually draw the lines around around Pennsylvania so famous guy back in the day and so they named one of the more more popular squares after him. What I got here is he was also a revolutionary revolutionary war patriot. Uh, I don't know what role he played in the war, but um, apparently he contributed a lot to to America, to Pennsylvania, and to like clocks. I, I, I mean, we take shit like that for granted. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you think about longitude, I mean, latitude you can figure out by just looking where the sun is, knowing what day of the week, you know, what day of the year it is. But longitude is really tricky because the only way you can tell is from noon. You know where noon is at a given time, and you say, okay, that's zero degrees at uh, in England. But if you go to Dallas, uh, that would be ninety degrees. So the the sun's just coming up in Dallas when the sun's high overhead in uh, in London. And, That's uh, crazy. And being able to get it so precise that you'd maybe lose, I mean, I think some of his, some of the clocks that they were building back at the time lost like a minute 
a, a week or three minutes, three or four minutes a month, which was still pretty accurate. But they were getting, you know, they were getting closer and closer. I mean, now we take, you know, we, you look at your phone and you're you're getting a GPS registered time. So this is yeah. this is the time all around the world. But back in the day, when you had to do it with springs and and pieces of brass, I mean, that was quite a quite an achievement. That was the uh, that was the Tesla or SpaceX of its day. You know, it was mm-hmm. a, a big deal. It was a you know, it was the it was the iPhone of its day, but they both do about the same thing. Make you know, tell you what time it is. So it's insane. Beautiful place. I mean, you've you've been to Rittenhouse Square. I mean, it's a it's a great great little bit of green in the middle of uh, of all that brownstone. Yeah, I always find that attractive when you when you can find like a nice little park in the middle of a city, you, like Central Park in New York. You, yeah, you know, you look all around. You got these giant buildings, but you're in might as well be in the middle of a dare I say park? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's beautiful. The uh, one thing I do notice in in here, they they do show one of the banes of all uh, modern city parks is somebody planted uh, sycamores, and sycamores are just disasters when it comes to a park. If you've ever uh, if you've ever seen a sycamore, the good, I mean the, the good thing about sycamores is they grow fast and they 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 put out a lot of shade fast, but they're a, they're a mess. They head for you know any kind of uh, sidewalk or or road that you're putting in, the roots go shallow and they start bunching up and, and busting up uh, sidewalks. The leaves are a mess. Their seed pods are a mess. It's just a disaster. And But, you know, it's once they once they grow, there's like, oh, you can't take down the sycamore, even though the sycamore is <laughs> destroying your park. No, 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 that's yeah. beautiful. You know, who can't love a tree? Yeah, it's a little catch-22 there. Yeah. The uh, Well, the park itself was named in honor of David Rittenhouse in 1825. The present layout of the square... Uh, say the present layout of the square has dated since 1913 in which the walkways run diagonally through the small park and meet in the center. So it's like a big X. That's probably when they planted all those uh, sycamores. Sycamores were really big around the turn of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so if you, if you go through, if you go through parks, like um, parks that were designed by Olmsted, who, which he did central park, he did the uh, Boston common and he also did, actually, he did a, put in a New Jersey claim. He did a Warnaco Park in uh, Elizabeth, oh, New Jersey. Ah, yes. And uh, it, they were done a little bit before this sycamore craze. But Rittenhouse being redesigned in 1913, that was like pre-World War One. Everybody put in sycamores and everybody screwed up their parks oh, that, yeah. were, that were built around there. So If, <laughs> if only they knew. People, if you go into a park, I know the one in Savannah where they filmed uh, Forrest Gump. That that park is full of sycamores because it was built around, you know, nineteen ten or so. So it's just a just a disaster. <laughs> nah, that was the thing back then. Yeah. To connect this all to uh, Rocky and Sylvester Stallone, uh, young Sylvester Stallone, his brother Frank, and their mother and stepfather lived at the Chateau Crillon Apartments, uh, which are at two twenty two South Nineteenth Street in Philly, which is uh, in Rittenhouse Square during the late fifties. Mm. So he lived right, right there by the square. That is, that was not a bad neighborhood back then. It was. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I don't think it's that bad now. No, no, this is, this is upscale. Yeah, yeah, that's all I got on Rittenhouse. Yeah. Enlightening. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have that much to begin with. Jim really filled in the blanks there, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the opposite. I I used to work in. A, I was a bartender in Fishtown. And uh, although Fishtown is supposed to be gentrifying now, I can't imagine. I, I simply can't picture that in my head. 
Fishtown. In my, my my shorthand image in my head was uh, the opening of uh, the original Rocky, where they're all standing around trash barrels that are on fire, yeah. singing. Only nobody's singing "Do What." Everybody wants to just break into your car. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Fishtown that I knew. But now it's supposedly getting gentrified, and they're dropping in condos and stuff, which it just doesn't doesn't compute with my head. They have a lot of work to do if they're gentrifying. Yeah. They we were down there in April, and it's it's worse mm-hmm. now than it was back then in the 70s Oof. heroin people just shoot up right on the street i mean we didn't see any of it but they had like a like a tent city underneath one of the bridges over there like for homeless people really in shambles well yeah i mean it was it was pretty bad when i when i worked there that was back well the previous the previous century i would work there for a bit and uh uh fish town and and like uh, uh first street uh, down in the, if you know where the Northern Liberties are, I was down down in there. Like the, it's like the southern part of Kensington. That mm-hmm. yeah, it's just just a disaster. Every everywhere you went there, it was just. Let me put it, when I used to, I worked in a I worked in a bar and uh, I was <laughs> I was paying cash and nobody knew that I worked in the bar and uh, we had two <laughs> cash registers. We had a cash register where we do all the bar stuff and underneath was a cash box and uh, in it we had uh, cigarettes that my uh, the manager, the owner of the place. Uh, brought up from North Carolina, he used to sell them for five dollars a pack, and he'd say, "This is exact change." And nobody that uh, that asks you to have cigarettes gets told you have cigarettes. They'll just give you five. I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> so we used to sell uh, unlicensed cigarettes in the uh, in the bar. Yeah, it's not the worst thing you could sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. but uh, it was a big thing. I, I still, I I am not from Pennsylvania, but I lived in Pennsylvania for many years, and I still can't get over that. For the longest time, that was the only place you could buy beer was in a was in a bar, and I'd have to like I'd be a bartender, and I'd have to go and be a a liquor store operator at the same time and run into the back and pick up some uh, you know uh, uh, twelve packs and handing handing people uh, uh, beer and getting into the forty ounce and all that just, <laughs> just at the same time at the same time I'm pouring drinks and I was just like why am I running a retail store at the same time so <laughs> you wear many hats Jim. I guess it's still like that, right? I mean, it's these. Can you still only buy beer in uh, in bars, or do they actually have like beer shops now? In Philly, in yeah, in, in, in Philly or in Pennsylvania in general, I don't know. Uh you know, I, I mean, don't, no. Can you can you go to like the Seven Eleven and buy beer? You, you couldn't when I was there. I don't really. I don't know. I I just assume that New Jersey is the only state where you can't do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, different world. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, pump gas or buy beer. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so Rocky has his uh, his realization that what if it's a girl? And um, Adrian says she'll be everything I'm not. Uh, she won't have to be shy. And uh, she says they'll get her singer singing and dancing lessons. Jay, do you remember? Is that a callback from Rocky 1? Why do you want to be a fighter? Because I can't sing or dance. Yeah. Will she able to be a better skater? <laughs> she won't skate like she's walking. Oh, that was a great scene. This is what we were, we were talking about before about how Adrian has changed a lot and she's become a little more assertive. And this is like a throwback to her insecurities. Like she wants her daughter to her daughter to be everything and she's not. And that's that's a very insecure. Yeah. yeah. So will she have like Harlequin gla- glasses and really mu- mousy hair? I mean, is that what she's hoping? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope she's a little nobody that hides in the wall- corners. <laughs> a little wallflower. Uh, and then Rocky throws in a uh, we'll buy her a new dress every day. Yeah, he's still you know he, he's expecting that commercial fortune to 
to keep rolling in. It's a lot of dresses. Yeah. But the but he but she says if it's a boy, I like him to be just like the father. Mm. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like that sounded rather um, ominous, didn't it? Yeah. No. <laughs> Mickey Rocky Jr. is going to be this. Yeah. <laughs> Apollo Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh man, that was just an odd, odd way to say it. Yeah, and then um, what's he makes a funny uh, one dumbbell in the family is enough. Yeah. One dumbbell in the family is enough. He's he is very self aware though. He knows he's a dumbbell. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I I thought this was uh, like a very just genuine moment between the two of them. Like this is a a normal kind of conversation you have after you leave the doctor's office. If you're that you're pregnant, you leave and you walk through. After you shake hands, <laughs> you, you walk through, what if it's a girl, what if it's a boy, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, I hope he has your thing. Like, this is just a genuine conversation that they have, and it comes off very genuine in the, in the thing. Like, I don't feel like it's forced or anything, like, I, it's, and, it, and they do it in their own way. Like, Rocky does it in his, the way that he normally acts. Mm-hmm. Um, she does it, you know, she brings out her insecurities, like, I hope he's, you know, everything I'm not. But um, it, it's also a turn, like, this isn't the same Rocky from last week when we were talking about it when he was in the shopping spree he was just acting like the punch drunk uh, excited like little kid that was just bab- a babbling idiot the whole time like this is back to like Rocky 1 Rocky where he's just um, like he's he's, he's a, a genuine person he's you know he's having a real conversation here and he's he's calm he's walking through and, and this is like sweet though it's like a sweet you know I hope he is like you kind of thing and I like this Rocky better it is sweet yeah right yeah, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the guy that Adrian fell in love with that's the right here. Yes. Told. Yeah. And he's, uh, yeah. And he's doing this stream of consciousness thing that he's actually showing that he has consciousness. It's like, he's thinking about yeah. the future. He actually seeing past what he's doing. I mean, he's no longer, he's no longer the bum, the muscle for, you know, the local mm-hmm. hoods. He's, he's his own man and he can see a path that's beyond, um, what, you know, beyond the now he's, he's thinking about the future. Yeah. Um, there's some pieces that he's missing yet, but uh, he still uh, he still has his eyes on the on the prize. He's not he's not just living in the now. Now I'm wondering, like we've at this point have seen the last of his careless spending, right? Have we? Or is he buying anything else? Because mm-hmm. I would say it makes sense now that he knows a baby's coming. So all of a sudden, like you said, he's self aware. So he needs maybe he knows that he needs to save whatever money he has left. I don't know. I'm out of notes. Yep. I'm out of patience. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on this one, Jim? No. I just it's a it's a happy moment for Rocky. Despite the, despite the piano player, he's not he's not paying attention. <laughs> I, I, have a, I do have a question though. On his, in the book, is there any has there ever been any explanation about why he wears those stevedore gloves? I just don't. I mean, under other than the fact that hey, it's Rocky, I'm going to wear a trilby and wear these stevedore gloves. But why? Why? <laughs> Not up to page sixty-five, okay, which is where I'm at now. Um, but no, I, I don't, I don't like it's it, he he he's still he's he's beyond the tough guy act. Like that was all Rocky one when he was yeah. breaking thumbs, but he still wears the tough guy outfit. Yeah, you know what he's looking at Rolexes wearing those stupid gloves. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I'm not what what, what kind of gloves? What did you call Ste- them? Stevedores. Uh, Stevedore is a. Uh, a guy that would unpack uh, back before they had those cargo containers that have the, the ships with the 53-foot uh, intermodal connect things. Stevedores were guys that uh, worked with longshoremen. The uh, the longshoremen would pack 
uh, ships and the stevedores would unpack ships. So that's hmm. between a longshoreman and a stevedore. So he was he was a stevedore. He'd have a hook uh, that would you grab the box and pull it off the uh, off the cargo and throw it onto a belt. And you wore that part because there was um, if you think of a stevedore's hook, it was that hook that you you held between your middle and your ring finger that went out and had you know had a hook, like a big ice pick that you bent. Yeah, and then yeah. There was like a there was like the a wooden tea, handle. The wooden handled T you'd hold in there, and the only part that you needed to protect on your hand was that. That meaty, thick part of your hand. I'm looking at one right now. Stevedore gloves. All right. Well, we're getting all kinds of lessons from Jim McCain <laughs> this week. I, I know everything about stuff that will never make me any money, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's my category. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe some of these plugs will, uh, will eventually lead to some cash flow, so why don't you go ahead and tell the Amen. folks... <laughs> Yeah, fame and fortune. So, uh, uh, please uh, visit me if you like hearing hearing the sound of useless things being spewed. Uh, visit me at. Uh, oh, I've got a couple of uh, completed uh, podcasts that you can listen to. There's the original Airport Minute, where it's not airplane, it's airport. The one 1970 Burt Lancaster, uh, Dean Martin, and a host of a bunch of other people at Van Heflin's last film. And uh, that's out on Airport Minute. You can find me also on Rocketeer Minute, where uh, Hal Bryan and I talk uh, endlessly about Disney's 1991 uh, adventure movie. Uh, and Billy Campbell, the Rocketeer himself, joined us about nine episodes in and wouldn't leave. So we had, we had him as a co-host for quite some time. Uh, great, <laughs> wow. great fun on there. And uh, currently, Apollo 13 Minute. You can find that at Apollo13Minute.com or iTunes or uh, Google Play or wherever fine podcasts are given away. Uh, the closest we ever came was I had a phone conversation with Jimmy Gambina, uh, who is Mickey uh, Mike, who's Mike, who Mickey's uh, Jim, uh, oh, the Jim guy. janitor, yeah, yeah oh, the little yeah. guy, and uh, he he is a bitter bitter old man awesome. who had nothing nice. Those nice are the best. <laughs> Those are the best. Yeah, the, nothing nice to say about Stallone or Rocky. Uh, so see, the only nice thing, we, well, the only cool one that we ever had was uh, John Finlater on the Airport Minute. He was uh, he played a, a flunky for uh, Gene Seberg in the movie, and uh, he told us all about this riotous weekend that he had with Pat Priest, who played a Marilyn Munster from the Munsters down in uh, San Diego. So it was wow, uh, <laughs> completely unexpected. I was like, really, Marilyn Munster? So uh, that was that was our thrill. <laughs> Not bad. But uh, hang in there. There'll be there'll probably be more uh, more rocky uh, second second tier stars you can find. They're they're the best. I, I'd say don't don't shoot for Stallone. Find the ones in the middle because they've got the better stories. Maybe Frank Stallone himself. Oh, Frank. Yeah. Uh, I can't do uh, worth a else. shot. No. Yeah. Right you know. What do you say? Just push it back too far. This. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Where can our fans find us? You can find us on the Facebook at our. Facebook listeners group, Mighty Mix. You can find us on Twitter and uh, that other thing, Instagram at Rocky Minute. You are so good at this. <laughs> Polished. We are also on, you can email us at rockyminutegmail.com. Or you can, no, not or. We want you to do and. all of it, not pick and, and. choose. And you can uh, download all of our Rocky Minute uh, episodes on duelinggenre.com where you also find all of your favorite movies in minute by minute form. So uh, check that all out in your free time. But for now, Jim, you'll be joining us tomorrow again. Certainly, I've got some. Uh, I've got some uh, boxing stories I want to tell tomorrow. So tune in. Oh, uh, that's, that's what we call a tease in yeah. the business. <laughs> all right. So join in tomorrow for Jim's. Rock uh, boxing stories <laughs> and some more Rocky Minute. Bye for now. What are we waiting for? Take this!
Oh, man. If you would just not play with your phone while you're doing that, then... That's not going to be fun. (laughs) 